And that's your natural state. That is our natural state, inner peace, joy, pleasure, bliss, all these descriptions of our natural state. So there's no need to bypass anything that's in the way of that. Anything that gets in the way of that is worth taking a look at because there's something to learn there that allows us to understand ourselves even more and allows us to come back to our natural state again. I really can't think of anything more important than waking up to your true self. I mean, once you do that, every single thing in your life changes. It's like a whole new world opens up. I used to look at my life and think, there has got to be more. There is, and this is it. I'm Paige, and this is Spiritual Twenties. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Spiritual 20s. My name is Paige, and in this episode, I sat down with Charles Clay to talk about moving out of consumer consciousness and into creator consciousness and cultivating inner peace. We opened up talking about Charles' journey of healing himself from a broken back, what consumer consciousness is, where it comes from. We talked about how slowing down and being intentional can change your life. Charles talked us through some of the physiology of what's going on in our body throughout these processes of storing pain and trauma and healing, and he walked us through his inner peace process of actually getting to the root of problems. We talked about vacation vibration, how to come back to this natural state of joy and peace, and so much more. Charles Clay is an inner peace coach and healer. He is an author, a speaker, and founder of the Laser Focus Method and the Inner Peace Process. He works to help men and women release fear, anxiety, and subconscious blocks to create their dream life with ease. There are so many nuggets in this conversation. I am so excited for you guys to hear it, and as always, I would love for you to reach out and connect with me on Instagram at page.oxley. I love hearing about how episodes are landing with you guys, and if there's anything you want to hear about, maybe a subject you want to have me talk about on the show, or a certain guest, or a kind of guest, I am open to all of it, so... Don't forget to reach out and connect with me on Instagram. Also, I try to post daily on Instagram, so if this content is resonating with you, there is more of it there. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Charles Clay on creating inner peace. Hey, Charles. Hey, Paige. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited for this conversation. Likewise. Let's dive in, right? Let's just start with a bit about your history. Who are you? Where are you? Where do you come from? How'd you get into the work that Mm -hmm. you do? Any of the above are welcome. Tell us a bit about yourself. I'm Charles. I came from heaven, same place as you. (laughs) (laughs) Great answer. Um, Originally from Washington State. Graduated from uh, Washington State University with my degree in kinesiology and uh, just always been fascinated with the greatest technology on the planet, these human bodies. 
And so um, <clears throat> that led me into personal training and health coaching and um, for over 16 years. And then um, shortly after college, I moved to San Diego and, and um, just living the dream life on the beach and enjoying vacation vibration and uh, improving people's fitness. And then um, eventually I had a huge awakening after breaking my back snowboarding. Oh my and God. Um, it's, it's been, yeah, it's always interesting how these catalyzed um, experiences you know, create awakening for each of us. But mine was definitely through um, pain as a teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I found myself um, with a broken back on Mammoth Mountain and had to okay. channel my inner Spartan warrior just to get down the mountain. And <clears throat> then I went and saw all these doctors that were telling me you might never move the same again and that you're going to need surgery ASAP. And for me to hear that was like a real shock and blow to my system because <clears throat> I just love the human body. And I was like, not move ever the same again. Like, <clears throat> so luckily I followed my intuition and said no to going under the knife and chose the path of self-healing. And during that, I had to feel all the emotions I was stuffing uh, avoiding and trying to uh, get away from with all the coping mechanisms from sex, drugs, rock and roll to Facebook and, you know, everything the mind could think of to not feel and heal what was real for me at the time. And um, so that kind of led to some addictive tendencies. And, um, you know, it was like the weekend warrior status for a long time. And then finally got to surrender to the depths of some of these emotions of fear and shame because I couldn't even walk straight, let alone get to work. And, and so it was really uh, profound um, on the other end of that, you know, after a good cry, that, that release, that feeling of liberation on the other side and clarity allowed me to drop into meditation with tension of receiving answers to healing myself naturally without the, the need for surgery and literally during that meditation a friend of mine I hadn't talked to in two years sent me a text saying hey I heard your back's pretty messed up check out neurokinetic therapy I and know. that I was like oh thank yeah. you that took me down this rabbit hole of studying the work of David Weinstock and these incredible ways of getting answers from the body um, with muscle testing, using science and uh, kinesiology and connected so many dots for me. And I was just so grateful for that answer appearing and then getting to go get my first session of NKT was profound because, um, you know, I was walking in looking like Shakira stuck in a mid hip dance move. I had like my hips over to the left, my upper body to the right. I was in so much pain, you know, weeks before I could barely crawl to the bathroom. And so she got me on the table and found out she would muscle test my, you know, glutes and these bigger muscle groups and nothing was firing. There was no signal from my brain getting there. And I was like, what do you mean my glutes aren't firing? I have huge glutes, right? And, uh, and so she said, yep, all form, no function. And she started um, going up the kinetic chain and had me clench my jaw and then retested the glutes. And all of a sudden they were back online. Hmm. And so she just figured out my body was telling us that there was a neurological traffic jam in my jaw. And this is really common. Um, 
now that I have a practice in this, I've seen so many cases of this. And so that was blocking that message to get to the big guns to activate and stabilize the spine. And, and so as soon as she released my jaw, glutes came back online. She did that for a couple other comp patterns and I got off the table and I was like, I can, I can stand up straight again. I can move wow. like, this is amazing. And had this huge epiphany, gave her a big hug and continued to see her every week, even though I got better. Cause I wanted to learn so much. And, um, and that inspired me to study under David Weinstock and take all of his courses and become certified as a neurokinetic therapist to get to help others um, get answers from their body as well. And um, use pain as a teacher, simply a check engine light. Yeah. And, um, you know, how long do you go in your car without getting your oil changed when the check engine light comes on? So for me, the body is such a beautiful representation of the subconscious. And so the metaphysics of that were like, oh, you're a health coach and you're going out on the weekends and getting smashed and drinking too much, eating too much and getting, you know, diving into addictive tendencies to not feel these heavy emotions. And so that was like, universe gave me a feather, you know, I was like, Hey, you're a little out of alignment. You might want to make some changes and didn't listen to that. And then it's like the brick in the head, you know, you get hit pretty hard. You're like, man, that was, that was a really bad hangover. And that was some really dumb mistakes I made. I should probably change my ways. And then I went to make changes, but wasn't sustainable. And that's when I felt like I got hit by a Mack truck up in the mountain. And that was showing how out of alignment my body was showing me how out of alignment it was with my purpose at that time. So it's amazing. Um, and it was such a gift and I'm so grateful for that experience and all the, all the, uh, amazing skills and gifts I received from it that I get to help others with. So, mm-hmm. um, and that <clears throat> was, um, quite some time ago. <laughs> I could keep going, but uh, please do. But, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm a firm, believer and the way that your story unfolded is really so similar to many of us and if not hint hint you're on your way of we're always getting these whispers and when we don't listen then they become the brick and then they become the Mack truck I say I use those little same terms and it's like when are you gonna start to tune in that is up to you I I've said it before and I'll say it again that I really don't believe that people have to hit a rock bottom in order to turn their life around I think that that's a a misleading notion out there that you know the the spiritual path the growth path is only available for those of us that have hit that rock bottom I think it's a beautiful beautiful gift like you said for those of us that do have to hit the rock bottoms but you don't have to and you know whatever is going to be on your path is going to be on your path of course but listening to your body and this keyword of listening just listening just tuning in is available to everyone. And in fact, I highly recommend you start listening now before you find yourself in a place where your back is broken at the top of a mountain. Right. There's an easier way. Right, (laughs) right. Yeah, I spent a lot of my early years bouncing off extremes and I'm sure Mm -hmm. a lot of people can relate to that. You know, be like, oh, I'm gonna just fast for a long time and see how long I go do that, you know, until it's borderline unhealthy. And then and then you go, 
indulge in a smorgasbord, you know? And it's like, that takes so much energy just bouncing off extremes that Mm -hmm. I just really resonated with the Tao and, you know, the way, which is just so much easier. You know, it's like, it's like when you're sailing and you catch the winds just right, you know, and it's like almost effortless how you can just flow. And that flow state is so fun because everybody's experienced it or at least glimpses of it. Mm -hmm. And we can access that more consistently throughout the day by just staying in that lane, that way of purpose and using our emotions as internal guidance systems, you know, just following your highest excitement and your highest joy will always lead you to great places and great creations. And so um, just that, that I definitely prefer that way over my old Charles 1.0 ways. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. And, and I just started a book on it. And it's really, for me, it was the same kind of idea of always sprinting around everywhere. Like I was a runner. I really identified with like, I was running on a motor. My mind was going a million miles an hour. I was going a million miles an hour. I never slept because either I was working a bunch of different jobs and like trying to be in school and then also partying and doing all the things and just like being a heathen and like, you know, really trying to burn the candle at all ends. And it didn't work. If it, there was many, many, many times that our sweet universe tried to try to knock me upside the head that I didn't listen to. And it's, it's really the, the message at the end of the day, I think that's so, challenging for people is that we really want it to be like this aha moment. Like we really want somebody to say something to us. That's going to be like, wow, that is so profound and so crazy. And like, that just might be the thing that's going to solve X, Y, Z problems. That's going to make me feel good. That's going to bring me to inner peace. That's going to bring me to my purpose. And really where I think we align is that the trick of it is that it's none of that. It's no Hollywood written in the stars, angel coming down from heaven moment. It's just getting quiet and it's so fucking subtle and it's, it takes tuning into yourself, which requires tuning out from everything else, which is just the opposite of what we were taught. We were taught this do, 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 And so I think that, you know, from at this point, I would love to just maybe pick your brain on where this comes from, like really just ground this for us that we have come into this consumer consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I've researched as far back as uh, the the days of Freud and you know understanding the psychology and because after that after his he had these huge breakthroughs in psychology it was like wow this opened up this new area of marketing of Mm -hmm. like really you know which wasn't always built on a foundation of the greatest and best interest for all in fact (laughs) there's a lot about like no you're broken you're not complete until you have this pill or this food or this car or this thing, right? So it's been like generationally ingrained in, in our systems to become, to just be consumers, you know? And it shows throughout our society with the levels of obesity. Um, and, and this can even be consuming information, 
you know, like nowadays it's the, the overload of information there's with the, with the World Wide web, there's so much information that it's like, how can you sharpen your truth sword and use the art of discernment to cut through the BS and actually keep your attention and your energy on what's actually worthy of that. And so, uh, I love that we did a couple breaths at the beginning before we dropped in to the show, because, you know, like you said, the subtleties, like literally just one breath can literally change your life. When you use that breath right before you make a choice, it's like, instead of just doing the sub, uh, you know, subconscious old pattern ways of like, Oh, there's a cookie. I'm going to eat it. Oh, there's, you know, somebody sends me an article on, this information, I'm just going to read it, consume it, you know, or, um, you know, this show's on, I'm just going to watch it, right? Like, those are all kind of like autopilot things that if we just take one breath, when we're presented with that stimuli, that opportunity, that um, invitation, and really tune in, like just take an elevator ride from the mind down to your body and into your heart space and feel into like, do I really need to read this article? Like, does this feel like this is going to improve my life or what I, the information I need? Is it, or is it coming from a great source? Um, do I really want to spend my time watching another series on Netflix when I have this huge list of ideas that I could literally create and, uh, and dive into some long-term fulfillment from my creations mm-hmm. or <clears throat> do I, you know, really want am I going to feel better after this cookie filled with sugar kind of thing, you know? And at least even if it's a yes, just taking that breath and, and making a conscious choice, like, yeah, I'm going to have a nibble of the cookie and I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. Like I'm a food connoisseur, Mm -hmm. right? Like even that little pause, that deep breath and going from here to here, then you have a different energy while you're consuming that cookie too. During that breath, you can set an intention like, okay, I'll read this article and I'm only gonna attune and sharpen my truth board as to what really resonates with me, right? And what I could, what's really gonna benefit me or what I need to know from this, right? And this simple breath and pause allows you to make more conscious choices. And over time, those choices lead to a totally different life. It leads to a life full of alignment, full of flow states, full of like actually honoring what's good for you and what you want to put in your body and your mind. And that leads to just upgrading your entire life and creating a life by design instead of by default. And it's fun dropping into all the possibilities that are available when, when you continue down that path. Right. And I, and of course, also to punchline, the other path, that path leads to the place that we were talking about, where for me, it was a rock bottom of severe depression with Charles. It was his back breaking. And these are the things that people experience. We've had similar stories with, with guests on the show, but living intentionally and consciously, I really believe is the antidote to most things. And again, it's a subtle thing, but one of the pieces of programming that's coming to me that I think really works against this is this idea and the 
that it's good to be a multitasker and that that's actually like a yay, like you're good for you that you can multitask. That's something that I definitely always really resonated with. I was proud of the fact that I felt like I could do a bunch of things at once. And I think that, you know, this, again, it's the go, go, go mentality being put on a pedestal in our society that we think, oh, it's a good thing for me to be able to multitask. And I can just I can listen to a podcast and be working and be doing, and I can be on my phone and be watching TV. And right, if you just take a step back from that and maybe practice that breath, you feel like, ooh, that just feels like a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, it's something that takes a while to arrive at, but it's something where just to, to set it up, the difference between me now and me before I was always, always, always listening to something, always had a podcast on or music on or something. I needed noise. And I was always doing multiple things at once. And now like I get really, I I almost get triggered, honestly, by others being on their phone and watching TV. Like it's, I feel that overstimulation for them almost. I'm like, I'm like riding in that territory of I've swung the pendulum Mm -hmm. so far that, but it's such a stark contrast that I want to present it this way to people that really it's been a year of dedicated slowing down of intentional action. And I've completely switched of, I needed a million stimuli coming at me all the time to now really just doing the one thing that I'm doing and feeling that sense of peace and freedom that I really didn't know was possible, honestly. And and I agree that it comes from that intentionality. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. That's a huge coping mechanism that I work with a lot of doers. And it's like in our society, it's like this badge. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're staying busy? Cool. Are you actually productive? Maybe not, but staying busy. I got three things going at once, you know, just until I'm like exhausted, you know, like wear it as a badge, which is, is really kind of humorous. And, and then um, with a a lot of clients that I work with, as we unravel that as like the doing mentality of like, I always got to be doing something right. As we begin to unravel that, realizing it's a strategy and a coping mechanism that was developed typically when we were a very young child Mm -hmm. in a situation that was felt like we weren't safe, weren't supported or weren't loved. Right. And, and that child had to deal with that emotion, that, that coping mechanism, that strategy. And oftentimes it's like the moment um, we felt like our parents weren't there for us. Mm -hmm. Right. Or we weren't seen. Right. Like, you know, dad didn't show up to the, your first play or whatever. Right. And so those things stick with this younger version of us. And then they create a belief system and a story and then the coping mechanisms. Right. And so people can spend their whole life trying to get that validation and that, that being seen from their father that didn't show up to the play from that one particular incidence, which was fairly traumatic to the kid at that time. And throughout their whole life, without even realizing it, 
always doing to try to get the accolades, to get the rewards, to get the validation, to like get the dopamine hit in your system to feel good for that moment. Like I did something good. I was, I've been working really hard, right? I got right. this badge <laughs> and now my dad and everybody sees me, mm-hmm. you know? And does that last? <clears throat> Not usually, right? Right. <laughs> you get the reward, you get to be seen for a moment and then it's like back down into this little child still feels unsafe, still doesn't feel supported or seen. And so until we really start going into where that began, where the source of that, that turmoil, that trauma, that um, not, not feeling enough or being enough story originated from and begin to unravel that and pull those weeds from the garden and plant some new seeds. Until that happens, that journey, you'll keep seeing the same pattern show up, right? Mm -hmm. And for a lot of the doers, you'll relate to this because when you finally do give yourself permission to stop, or you've been doing so much that you get sick and then you're forced to stop, right? Your body usually gives you a lot of cues before that happens, or you get adrenal fatigue because you're just running the extra mile on coffee and, and so forth. And then you finally give yourself permission to rest. And what happens? All these emotions erupt. Yeah. Like all this stuff that you've been running, doing to not feel the mind is always like, okay, this feels uncomfortable. I don't like what this is right here in the solar plexus. Right. Right. So the mind's watching the body and there's actually nine signals going from the gut to the brain for every one signal from the brain going down to the gut. Isn't that wild? Yes. The second brain. So the the mind is watching the body. Anytime there's this uncomfortable, oh, it's like a contract contraction in the gut or the solar plexus, that trigger initiates, oh, the mind's like, oh, we got all kinds of solutions for this. Like we know how to solve this problem. The problem is that the mind has all these band-aids. It's like, right. <clears throat> get away from the feeling, go escape, yeah. watch Netflix, go do more stuff. Like just go back to work and right. like do so that you don't have to feel this and face it, mm-hmm. right? And so- the sad part is that the more you keep doing and running from or avoiding or drinking it, numbing it or eating, stuffing it, it's just still carrying that same issue in your tissues, right? It's like more weight that you're carrying and there's no way we can outrun our emotions. Like this is still that little kid that didn't know how to deal with not being seen and, and being afraid back then that will show up in our experience continually until we go back to the source and give love there and give support reparent with that that little you know child within you that's that's raising his hand for attention and so what's beautiful is I've developed an inner peace process that is so simple and i guide people through this and then once they experience literally you can witness this energy begin to metabolize in your system finally and right. you can integrate that that little child from like feeling lost and out here into your heart. And I visualize it like those little uh, Russian dolls. You know, you got like yeah, the yeah, tiny yeah. one and then they keep getting bigger and bigger. There's like all of our inner children and we just need to bring them back into the mm-hmm. safe place in our heart. And in order to do that, it's like we get to check on them, you know, make sure they're they're OK. And if and hold space for them, that part of you whenever the triggers are showing up. So what's cool about the inner peace process is it helps connect a lot of these dots 
as right. to the emotion. When was the first time you experienced that? Where is it showing up in your body? And that's all giving us information. And you can tap into the intelligence within each and every cell of our body to begin to understand deeper why we do what we do. And then, oh, that story actually isn't even true. Like that right. belief system doesn't even serve me anymore. And so then through that reparenting process, tapping into your higher self, you literally get to take yourself through that belief system and bring in some new information as you unravel that, that energy. And it's so profound doing this inner work and noticing how it shifts in your experience. It's amazing. I've seen like for myself, literally after doubling down on this medicine, I had all my dreams came true in, mm -hmm. like, in like a year, 2020. Yeah. I know it was the best year ever for transformation. <laughs> and I literally got hit so many times with these uncomfortable feelings. And I would say, thank you mind for all the band-aids that you provide that are temporary solutions, but don't actually address the problem. And I would take myself through this inner peace process. And each time I could literally choose. I can go for the Band-Aid and the coping mechanism that I've been doing forever, which we think is our comfort zone, but it actually brings us to a very uncomfortable zone. Some know right. it as rock bottom. Yeah. And instead I can choose self-discovery and back to my natural state of inner peace. I'm just going to address and take a look at what's in the way of my inner peace. Right. And, and as you do that, energy finally and it's so liberating and free on the other side of that and then it's like oh i'm gonna celebrate my victory you know like i chose self-discovery over consumption and then you're inspired to share these golden nuggets the lessons and the blessings and the depths of these heavy emotions that you gain you get to share those with others to help them on their hero's journey right, right. only to begin another one and so it's like this beautiful so that choosing self-discovery often inspires creation. Mm -hmm. It's like really stepping into creator consciousness instead of choosing the, the old patterns of consumption. And that has been such a game changer for myself and so many of the people I've had the, the benefit of working with because once you begin to take that breath and notice, oh, I can choose this path that I've been down a million times, I can go back to the bar, have a drink, or go watch another Netflix series, or I can choose an inner peace process and unravel this energy and give some love to the part of me that needs it most, and then discover the golden nuggets, the lessons and the blessings from it, and move through that with ease and grace. And the only way is through. And by doing that, it's like, man, now I've created space and time, and you feel this natural sense of dopamine experience, right? By like, okay, I chose this path, self-discovery. I learned something. Now I get to celebrate my victory in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Turn on some music, dance. Yeah. That reinforces the neural pathway every time to keep choosing that over and over because you have an intrinsic reward system now and you're tapping into your natural pharmacy that's already within you. Yeah. And dance, play, even handstands, cartwheels. These are all ways to access serotonin dopamine oxytocin mm -hmm. same things that we're trying to get from these external things that we're so used to like the cookie right like right. you can get that feeling through taking this journey and celebrating that victory in a healthy way 
and following your highest excitement, you're going to access that natural pharmacy within you. And it is, that was a huge revelation for me. And so it's fun getting to share people and, and um, guide them through that process because it's, it's really cool to witness when people begin to take that path and continue choosing creator consciousness over consumption. And it's literally one way you can look at it as like consumption, cool, going down towards my rock bottom. Creation, cool, going up towards long-term fulfillment, right? Because that's why, same thing, like you're inspired to write a book. And so I remember when I published my first book, it was like this huge um, self-development process through it. Right. There were times when I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm a terrible writer. Like, I, who's going to read this? You know, right. and all those self-doubt thoughts, I would just listen to those, but continue to stay open to all possibilities. And then before you know it, we published the Better Business book and I got to write a chapter on vacation vibration, you know, so and that's how access that natural flow state, even in the most mundane situations in life. And So that's what leads to long-term fulfillment because then you get to help others with the golden nuggets that you've gained along the way. And that is something that when you see a shift in other people's lives like that, when they choose to use these tools, it's like, whoa, they just had a series of their dreams come true after doing this small little process. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden it's like, that is more fulfilling than any amount in my account could show, you know, like that comes as like a side effect too, but like, it's just amazing the level of fulfillment. And that is that path of highest excitement. That's the path of purpose. And it's easy to then begin following your navigational system, the the joy and the highest excitement and stay on that path instead of getting bounced from extremes. So, right. Yeah, thank you. I know there's a lot there. (laughs) I know, I know. So one thing I wanted to punchline is that I loved how you said about celebrating. I definitely, it's something that I hear a lot and I definitely preach a lot and and work with my clients on celebrating wins. But I love how you said to, to dance, to do something and to use your body. And again, that's being a creator. That's an expression using like, even just like scream, like, yeah, like, fuck Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, that's awesome. I did it. Like, yes, using that. And there's the sound your own voice, which brings me to something that I just remembered. I wanted to say in the beginning about how I don't know physiologically and, and what, what it is there, but what I do know in our energetic body, and I'm actually learning a lot about this lately for my personal and my healing journey is how closed the throat chakra is for most of us. And one of my favorite teachers, Sonia Choquette talks about how when our soul, when our spirit is, or it's never outside of us, but when we've lost our spirit, when we're not living in alignment with our spirit, when we're not living in spirit with spirit, the telltale signs are tight jaw and tight butt. (laughs) And that's how most of us are walking around. And it's so true. And what are the opposite signs? How can you tell when somebody has, is with their spirit is in alignment? Very, very simple. First of all, you're, you're loose in the body, but 
It's light in your eyes and a smile on your face. It's so simple. And you know, you know these people if you think about it. And, and you know when you've experienced that. You know, when you think about, you can try this exercise of talking about something that you really genuinely love and watch the spirit come into your body. Like literally do it in the mirror and then talk about something that you don't love and watch the spirit leave your body. But it's this use of the voice that is really, I think it's an, the throat shocker, right, is all about expression and using your creative power, which again, is just something that so many of us have strayed away from. And I also like for people who are, are still stuck and kind of like feeling a lot of resistance in this conversation, just thinking about it balance wise, like thinking about it on, on a balance sheet, think about how much you're taking in versus how much you're putting out, just like input output. For most people answering that question, it's going to be way off. It's going to be because you have to consider any light that's on anytime your phone is dinging at you. I have multiple monitors here, right? Like they're off right now, but they, when you have multiple monitors, all this stuff is coming in at you. You're listening to something, all of that is input. And it's a lot of input that you're amazing, amazing, but poor body has to take in. And then just think about how much you're putting out. How much are you expressing yourself either through your voice, through movement, through writing, through creating something, just like coloring is a, is a habit I picked up last year, you know, just outputting something to balance. I think I just wanted to say that again, if this if there's resistance to this kind of a, well, a lot of people, again, programming don't see themselves as creators. Like, well, if I'm not an artist, if I'm not a dancer or a singer or a writer, I'm not a creator, which of course we know is not true. But to overcome that, really just thinking about it as don't you want to live a life in balance? And don't you wanna, like we said, instead of bouncing around your life like a ping pong ball, don't you want to kind of feel that, oh, that just inner, yeah, like we're good, we're cruising, we're flowing, like things are happening and I'm not being thrown around by life. I'm in control of my life and I'm moving through life in the way and direction in which I want to move. And that all speaks to also living your life. That's a big problem that, you know, my little rebel nature had with this whole thing that I think was an entry point for me, which I'm very grateful to have of, I don't want to do something just because other people are doing it or just because other people told me to do it, which turned out to be a gift because it, it helps me to think, well, how do I want to do it? But so often when we have this programming so set in us, like you were describing, and it comes from these places from childhood, from traumatic experiences, which we've talked about on the show, but on the show, but I'll say it again that it doesn't have to be something super traumatic. It can be that, you know, maybe your dad actually had a very good reason as to why he missed your first dance recital, right? right? Like yep. that happens. Parents can't be perfectly on 100% of the time, but it programs as like, oh shit, mom and dad aren't here for me. Yeah. And so we're all carrying these things. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, no, you're right on these. We all carry these wounds and these wounds underneath them. If we choose to the path of self-discovery, 
behold these amazing lessons and blessings and deeper understanding of ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll share a, a vulnerable share of one that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to is the abandonment wound. You know, it was like, here's an example of my entire life. Like I would fall in love, the beautiful goddess, have amazing relationship, and then she would leave me. Right. And this was kind of, this was the pattern that would show up. And so until I started taking this inner peace process, I didn't realize and connect the dots. And so as I began taking this journey, I realized, okay, I have a four-year-old that, you know, mom knelt down and said, Hey, we're getting divorced and I'm leaving for a while. Mm -hmm. And so for a four-year-old to feel the woman that he loves the most is leaving. And I don't know when I'm going to see her again, like I remember that in vivid detail. And mm -hmm. so that little four-year-old was stuck in this loop. You know, he's like, oh, I'm not enough, yeah. right? Like I'm never going to be enough. I'm no matter what I do, like love equals pain. And all these stories were developed from this little four-year-old and the coping mechanisms as well as like trying to escape from that feeling of abandonment, right? And so over time, as I became more sovereign and continued down this path and taking my own medicine, I realized like, man, I gave so much love and appreciation to that four-year-old. And when I first checked in with him, he was like, he was pissed. Yeah. He, the little guy didn't want to talk to me, you know, and rightfully so he felt abandoned by me too. And mm -hmm. so I was just there to remind him like, Hey, I'm here now from here on out. So I got you whenever you want to talk, whenever you're ready. And little by little, he opened up and we got to hug it out and tears. And like, and then when I would check in on him, he's like at the art table we used to have growing up. And he was like excited to show me what he was creating, mm. you know? So it was this huge epiphany. And then you look into, that's the inner work. And then you notice in my life, it was like, wow, I got to take ownership and responsibility for all the subtle and subconscious ways that I was pushing my ex-girlfriends away. Right. That I was literally like doing immature stuff to like force them to leave me. Cause then that repeats the story of I'm not worthy of love. I'm uh, love equals pain and the abandonment wound, right. Would keep going back to, Oh, it's painful, but it's familiar. Right. right? So literally by unraveling that, and, and feeling through the emotions that were stuck each time it allowed me to create my dream life. I literally got more and more clear on the queen I wanted to call in and use some very profound esoteric means of sending her <laughs> pleasure before I even met her, you know, and like, yeah. and circulating energy and, and these really uh, powerful ways of like calling her in. Meanwhile, she was doing the same thing. And so now it's like, boom, we got married, we had a kid, we bought a house in Texas and like, boom, 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 like all these dreams came true. Right. And it's the deepest level of intimacy I've ever experienced with anybody in my life. And I've, and I've never felt this, this good in a relationship before where I don't have any secrets. Mm. Like I don't have to hide anything in the closet or like it's because I did all that inner work. And it's still unraveling new layers, right? Like, right. it's not like, um, oh, I, I did it. But yeah, like every arrived. time, it's like a dream comes true or 
um, you, you know, I get even more clear on my vision of what I'm calling in and liberation and freedom on the other side of that inner work. And so it's always worth it. It's not always easy, but it's like, you can either choose, Hey, I'm going to feel into these emotions that have been stuck, go to the depths of them, see what I can learn, or I'm going to stuff them down, use the same coping mechanisms and just carry this weight with me for the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, those like, are really, uh... yeah. So those are, those are the choices. And then in that process, um, it's like, as I did less and was like, let go of the badge of doing mm -hmm. and just allow myself to be more that balanced out my masculine and feminine energy. And that was showing up in my jaw which was the right side of my jaw at the time, right? This is so ironic because now with my work with neurokinetic therapy and a lot of the patients I get, 80% of them, like you mentioned the jaw and the throat, 80% mm -hmm. of them, especially like female entrepreneurs really stepping into their masculine to like bring home the bacon, get yeah. shit done, right side of the jaw, tighter than the left. And it's usually a neurological traffic jam to the intrinsic core muscles. This is so common. I find this in like 80% of my clients that show up with back pain. Yeah. Literally I'll have, I'll test their core muscles. Six pack usually fires fine. But as soon as we go deeper into the transverse abdominus, which is like your internal weight belt and muscle test weak sauce, like nothing's firing there. And then I have them clench their jaw and all of a sudden it's back online. So then I show them how to release their jaw and all of a sudden they're getting a signal to those deep core muscles again. Then I show them the bulletproof core technique I developed, which is a, the best way I've found to activate those muscles. So you're reinforcing that correct neural pathway now, mm -hmm. instead of getting stuck in the trap jam. And that way, every time you do that tune up, you're restoring function in the body. So there's no need for the check engine light, the back pain, and that okay. just dissipates and then back into alignment. But there's also, as I developed my practice, found a lot of common denominators. There's almost always interwoven emotional component and metaphysical component. And so for those doers, when I ask them if they can give themselves permission to step into the feminine, you know, and a healthy celebration for them might be taking a break and enjoy an Epsom salt bath, right. you know, with your favorite music and like, create your own spa is like their great reward because it helps balance out the masculine and feminine. Then the right side's not so tight. We also know the jaws associated with the limbic system. So that's our emotional capacity. And oftentimes it can carry resentment and even revenge. Mm. So <laughs> those are usually some deep rooted stuff that we get to move through as well in that journey. But it's so fascinating because the ones that give themselves the permission and then they do this quick tune-up, core muscles are back online, their internal weight belts firing again, and then they're instantly stronger than they were before because they're using this bulletproof core technique and they're balancing out their masculine and feminine energy as well as the left and right hemisphere of the brain. And so it's so much easier to enter flow state. Right. Oh man, I love that. Stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah, that sounds fun. I'm, I'm definitely gonna be, uh, gonna be getting into that. I love how you say unraveling your energy too, because it's, it's, that really is what it's like. And what my experience was of 
once I decided to feel into the things, made that decision to instead of numbing out to feel into the things, it really did feel like it's now it can flow through. It was our will that was making it stay stuck wherever it was. And it's once we just allow it, allow, be willing to feel, it really does. It's this feeling of unraveling and it's this feeling of freedom. And I think where I lost my train of thought before was creating your own life, really. You know, if, if you don't see yourself as creator, what I was trying to say is we're creating our own life as opposed to living the one that's been handed to us that looks like go, 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 do, 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 which is not our nature. And, you know, and everyone has their own specific information that they took in from me, like going to a good college was a big one and having a business degree and doing the, uh, having a job in business was the kind of programming that I was given. It's not my life. Clearly <laughs> it's not my life. I was good at that. And I actually did very well in that because I've made sure that I did well on that by all the doing and the pushing and the striving, but it's not me. And so the right. other part of this way where, yes, you are going to be creating the life of your dreams. And yes, it really is so magical how it just unfolds around you. Once you come into your home and yourself, however, I do think that there is a bit of a, a warning label I want to give there that because I know because I see it a lot in myself of when we get stuck on doing these practices for the sake of because I want something, right? Like I'm going to do that. This all sounds really good. And right now I really want to be in love. And Charles just said that he found his person by doing this. So, okay, like I'm going to do this because of that. I think that I want to put a little warning label there and say that really at the end of the day, this is about feeling good. Like it just mm -hmm. feels better. And you just, everything unlocks from that place. But the priority can't be because I want the, the abundance and the money and the life and the freedom to do whatever I want and buy whatever I want and be with whoever I want, whatever it is for you. I think that the priority really has to be on at some point we just arrive. I just want to feel good. I just want to feel free and peaceful within myself and like I can access that flow state and that I'm living in that way. I love that term vacation vibration. Like I just want to be living in that vibe all the time. And guess what? For the most part, you know, you really can. And that is what I believe should be the real goal and the priority there and then watch, you know, and then use your creation, your creator energy, your creator consciousness to start to speak into, all right, well, you know, what would feel really good is if I could, you know, be living in Bali, you know, it would feel really good is if I could have five kids, you know, it would feel really good. And that's when you can start to create those details of your life. But first, what about just feeling awesome? What about just feeling like yourself, authentic, aligned in your own skin? And that's your natural state. That is our natural state. Inner peace, joy, pleasure, bliss, all these descriptions of our natural state. So there's no need to bypass anything that's in the way of that. Anything that gets in the way of that is worth taking a look at because there's something to learn there that allows us to understand ourselves even more and allows us to come back to our natural state again. And so I see a lot of 
people in the conscious community so eager to, oh, just high vibes, like good vibes only. And I'm, you know, just going to stay in this vacation vibration. And that's awesome to have. And there will be some curveballs and some things thrown in the mix that are there for a reason. Everything's serving a purpose. And so I had a huge epiphany and revelation in my life when instead of trying to always feel better, you know, I was an eternal optimist. And that led me to feeling about this much joy, right? Like the boom, I would hit a ceiling of like, this is the most joy I've experienced. And I hit there every once in a while. And then, cause I was only willing to go to the depths of about this low into the deep, heavy emotions. Right. But as I switched from always trying to feel better to allowing myself to always feel more Mm. that shifted everything for me because then I had the courage to go deeper into the feelings of grief and realized, wow, there's golden nuggets here. Like, man, I so much grief I was holding on to Mm -hmm. in my lungs and wanting to smoke weed to not feel it for a period of my time through high school and stuff. And that was because, you know, my mom died when I was 10. And so losing her not knowing how to grieve, which is very common in our society, finally taking space, giving myself permission to feel more instead of trying to feel better, allowed me to go to the depths of grief and realize, wow, like I'm able to show and express my love and emotions through liquid emotions pouring down my face and how much I care about another soul through grief. I, I found it was beautiful and sorrow and even in the depths of sadness that, you know, took me a long time to find my tears again. And so once I did, it was like going to the depths of those heavy emotions. I found gold there and that allowed me to break through of joy, bliss, pleasure that I didn't even know were, were possible. And all because I allowed myself that experience instead mm-hmm. of trying to avoid it or push it off. And when you look at the, the little, you know, microcosms and like shifts, it's like, where are you telling the universe that you're not worthy of this experience, right? Even if it's a heavy emotion or a curveball or a challenge you're thrown, you know, my greatest challenges and deepest sorrows have always led to some of my greatest gifts. Mm -hmm. And so that is a deep rooted belief system that allows me to uncover these gifts faster through the turmoil, through the storms and allow me to find my inner peace and my eye in the storm so that I can pick out the things that I need to learn that I get to gain from it. And that allows me to move through it in an accelerated, graceful fashion, as opposed to getting stuck in the storm and getting thrown around in the emotions and in the turmoil and the challenges and the suffering and so forth. It's literally like the attitude we have about it creates our reticular activation system, it turns it on, that's behind our eyes. It's like our radar system to everything that we intend, it's allowing it to be attracted to us. And it's mm-hmm. such a cool phenomenon because um, we can use that to your advantage. You know, when you wake up and you're like, oh man, this is gonna be a rough day, you know, and you just set your reticular activation to that, then you're gonna get provided all kinds of evidence of that. Like you stub your toe, you spill your coffee, someone steals your parking spot, right? Until you reset that to like, okay, hold on. 
I'm going to the DMV. I'm going to pause, take my one breath and set my intention. I want to bring joy and like as much laughter as I can to the closest place to hell that people yeah. call the DMV, right? Right. I brought vacation vibe into the DMV with that exact intention and made like eight people laugh. I was doing yoga poses. I was <laughs> meditating and like had all these really cool conversations. So instead of succumbing to the low vibration in that building that everybody's just like zombies waiting for their number <laughs> or same thing in the hospitals a lot of times, I set that intention, turn on my reticular activation to all the opportunities, signs and synchronicities and conversations to ensue that allow for joy, laughter, smiles. And that changed my whole experience. Just, and that's one simple example of when you choose to turn on your reticular activation with the power of intention, mm -hmm. then as you keep doing that more in your life and use the art of discernment, then you can literally create your life by design instead of by default. And it's amazing. It's such a, a world of difference yeah. <laughs> choosing creator consciousness over consumption. Oh man. Yeah. This was so, so amazing. I know there's so many, so many nuggets in this conversation and, I know that you have so many amazing resources. I'm really excited to learn about this, this core system and, and some jaw release, but I would love for you to just tell us, and we'll have everything linked in the show notes, but tell us uh, where we can find you and how we can connect with you. Absolutely. I'm always happy to connect. Um, it's easy to find me on Instagram, charlesclay.coach. And on Facebook, um, feel free to send a personal message there reach out if any of this resonates with you. I love hearing comments, questions, happy to connect. Um, we just finished the laser focus method. So we're getting that out to people now. That's the latest um, group training we did. And we're offering the recording to that because it, it's a simple process to choose creator consciousness over consuming. Uh, it's the art of discernment and cut through distractions like a ninja with this Jedi mind training that you get in the training and um, watch how your entire reality shifts mm -hmm. by continuing to choose that. And there's a lot of fun bonuses in that. Um, that program was a lot of fun to develop. So excited to get that out to more people as well as the inner peace process um, that I mentioned. That's where I've been taking people and guiding them on a deep dive to any of the subconscious blocks that have been holding people back, um, this is healing the deepest wounds and allows for your greatest dreams to come true. In my experience and with the hundreds of people I've got to work with, um, it's, it's amazing the shifts and how fast doing this inner work creates a shift in your outer reality that's uh, so fascinating. So feel free to reach out. Um, and I just encourage anybody that feeling stuck, we've all been there the courage to reach out and get the help you need than you deserve. Mm. That would be uh, my biggest takeaway. You don't have to do it alone. You're not alone in this. We're in it together. I've been there. I used to try to, you know, go to go in my man cave to deal with all my stuff on my own and wait till I was like superhero status to come out. That's the slow evolution. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many great resources. Um, even if it's not me, I have a gauntlet of amazing light workers, healers, and other resources that, that um, you can turn to for support. Yay. 
Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Spiritual 20s. My name is Paige, and I am so grateful to play even the smallest role in your journey to living a more authentic, more aligned, more wild and free life. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, and I'll see you next time.